just a little bit of a PowerPoint. I um, have done a lot uh, actually teaching, working with a man named Marvin Smith and, uh, and worked together on some of these. And this is one where I took almost exclusively his material, so just to give him credit, but uh, it's just a very important thing. It, this is not on prayer tonight, and uh, I thought, felt like we did several weeks on, on prayer since I've come. We've been doing that. But uh, this is really kind of the beginning of the battleground that we're in at this time uh, of our history and at this time of our world and our nation. Uh, and that's uh, the fact that there's a lot of the, uh, honestly, in America, uh, more so than I've ever seen, uh, the satanic movement, and I don't mean the satanic church, but the influence of Satan in our society and in our churches even, uh, in our lives and our marriages. So we're just going to take a look at this real quickly. Uh, Ephesians 4.27 says, which warns, neither give place to the devil. So what we're going to talk about tonight is 10 biblical proofs of how believers can give place to the devil. The fact is, is the devil's very strong. He's very influential. He's... Uh, uh, he's very powerful. Now, he's not more powerful than the Christian in the fact that the Christian has authority through Christ. And so we don't have authority. Uh, my authority is like this. Uh, you know, I still, from 35 years ago, uh, I fortunately carry this. Amen? Uh, I've got a, two different sheriff's departments where I'm an honorary sheriff. It's got the, the legal ID, the whole bit goes with it. You say, what good is it? Gets you out of tickets. That's what good it is. And so, um, but, uh, but the fact is, is that that badge, if I, if I walk out right now into the street on Kirby Parkway and I start putting up my hand in my suit and tie, telling people to stop, some people may stop, some people may just speed up, some may just try to run over me uh, because they look at me and say, he has no authority. Now, the truth is, this does not change me at all, but when I throw that out there and I hold that up, an 18-wheeler may stop. You're, probably every car is going to stop because they look at the authority behind the badge. And that's what the Christian is. The Christian has no authority in himself. He has the authority of Jesus Christ. And so there's great authority in the, the government, so to speak, the state that backs up that badge. Uh, there's a lot of authority. So people will, will respond to that authority. Well, even Satan has to respond to the authority of Christ. Our problem as a Christian is not that he's so strong uh, and understand, in our human flesh, Satan is so far beyond us in strength, uh, it's, it's incomprehensible. But, uh, but the fact is, is that, that in Christ, he is not. For he is so far below Christ, it's almost incomprehensible. So uh, the, there's great authority. Our problem is, one, we don't really rec recognize the authority that we have in Christ. We don't understand that we come under attack from Satan. And when we come under attack from Satan, we have great authority through being a joint heir with Christ, from being a child of God, uh, from being washed by the blood of the Lamb. We have great authority to, to look at Satan and say, leave me alone. 
resist Satan and he will flee. Now, it's not our resistance. It's not me saying, I'm going to resist you, Satan. That's not going to do a bit of good at all. I've got to resist him through the authority of Christ. The real problem, though, is, as Christian, is that we just open the door to him. We invite Satan in. And so that's what we're going to do, is how believers can give place to the devil. And I'm, I'm not... Honestly, I, I really debate on even just to do this on a Sunday morning uh, because there's so many things. And I guess I'm learning this is the greatest frustration of a preacher is the people that you want so badly to have it are not here to hear it. And we don't have a video system. We have an audio system. And so, and actually getting people to listen to audio even at that is, is going to be tough. But, but the fact is, is that, that we, we're going to take a look at these right now. When we give place to Satan, we give place to Satan when we refuse to forgive those who have offended or trespassed against us. If right now, here tonight, you're having a struggle, and it may be a struggle from years and years back, but if you still struggle with forgiving someone who hurt you, someone who trespassed against you, someone who who disappointed you, some if you're still struggling with somebody. Look what 2 Corinthians chapter 2 says, verse 10, 11, to whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. Look what it says. Lest Satan should get an advantage over us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Look, the truth is, though, we are. When they wrote this, they weren't, but we are. We're ignorant to the fact that we opened the door to Satan and here is one of the first ways that we do that is when we, we will not forgive, we are basically saying, okay, Satan, we're not, we are ignorant of your devices and one of your great advantages that you take over us, the great device that you use is to get us angry at somebody. Well, angry, that's almost the wrong term. We're going to get to that later. Uh, to get us so that we will not forgive someone. And I, and I can beg you, this is, this is one of the most detrimental things. If you have a battle inside of you against someone, you're struggling inside. Can I tell you, you're, you may be subduing it, but bitterness is inside there, and it's just waiting. It's growing whether you think it is or not. And it's a, at some point, it's going to come forth. And so uh, we give place to Satan when we refuse to forgive those who have offended or trespassed against us. And I can't ex express it enough. I've been through it. I've had to face it. I had to deal with it. If you were here a couple of years ago, I came and preached a message on mercy. God had to let me almost die to take me to the next level of forgiveness, a cleansing level of forgiveness. I had subdued forgiveness. I had not been cleansed. I, I had subdued Bitterness, I had not been cleansed of it. Now, uh, the next is, we give place to Satan when we get angry and we fail to make reconciliation with the ones whom we've been angry. So uh, anger and bitterness, they're, they're, they're tied together, but they're not the same. And so, uh, we, but when we don't forgive, inside of that, there's going to be anger and Here's what Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Watch this. He says, if you're going to have that wrath, he says, neither give place to the devil. We are giving place to the devil when we're angry. 
And can I tell you, folks, I'm telling you, I, I, I beg you, I'm, the reason this one's so, reason I, I got a hold to this one, and, and, and uh, I just, I didn't change it hardly at all. I did, I tweaked it just a little bit, but, but honestly, these, it was like God just was nailing me one after the other. Because I'm, you know, as much as y'all know that I'm, I'm such a sweet guy, uh, I'm a, I can be a pretty intense kind of fella. And, uh, and this is something that I struggle with most of my life. And I'll be honest with you, I struggle trying to find where the root of the anger was. Because I wasn't abused, I wasn't hurt, I was loved greatly by my parents. Now, I finally kind of grasped, hold a little bit, uh, that, that I, I think it was more me than anything, but as, even as a s- small kid, I excelled at sports. Can I tell you one of the reasons that a young person will excel at sports is when they can't accept failure. And so any failure angered me. And it, therefore, since failure angered me, it drove me to excel. It drove me to be faster, stronger. It drove me to do better than anybody else at anything else. And and, but I lived, any time I failed at that, I lived with anger. And any time a coach or uh, I, my father, any time they would say, you know, you messed up here or you need to do this, I would get intensely angry because I could not deal with failure. But be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. So that's number two. Number three We give place to Satan when we allow bitterness, envying, and strife to remain in our hearts. So we recognize it. Even we brought it up already, and I brought it up about bitterness, and we brought it up about anger, and so we say, okay, it's there. Are we going to walk out tonight and let it remain? And what the Scripture says, James chapter 3, verse 14 and 16, but if you have bitter, envying, and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, look at this, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Wow, when it says every evil work, now that's incredible, every evil work. And where does this evil work come from? It comes from confusion. Where does confusion come from? Envying and strife. We just, we got to let it go. Whatever it is that's causing this envying and strife and anger, we got to let it go. I, whatever somebody's done, it's, whatever they did to you, listen, they're still hurting you because you are allowing it to continue. You're the one who can stop the pain. You're the one can stop this every evil work that takes place. The truth is... Uh, you know, some of the, when we deal with people that just have this continual anger, continual struggle, what they've done is they've opened themselves up to Satan. And he is, he's living in them. And now I understand, you say, well, as a Christian, he can't be possessed. And there's a long discussion on, you know, possession and obsession and all those different things. But, but the simple truth is, I say that we can't tell the difference because you as a Christian can give yourself up to the devil so much that whether he's, it's obsession, possession, oppression, I don't care what it is, the truth is he's got reign. He's ruling. However it's described. And so we've got to be very, very careful. We've got to be willing to humble ourselves 
and, and get rid of that bitter, bitterness, envying and strife. Quit worrying about what somebody else got. I, these are all things that I had to deal with because I carried this intensity, this desire to succeed. I carried it all the way to Bible college. I carried it there all the way as a graduate of Bible college into the ministry. And, and, I, and I finally, God just broke me. And, and that's where I came to the point where I don't count crowds. And I don't, uh, and, and I just, I mean, I'm thrilled if I can see that there's a bigger crowd because anytime that's nice to, to see. But, but I don't, I, I just, that doesn't make my day or break my day. And it took a long time to get to that point that it's like going out sowing. And one of the first lessons that I taught to the young people and taught to everybody is, look, you're not a success just because you won somebody. You know, okay, I got to win somebody, then I'm a success. No, you're a success when you do what you're supposed to do and tell somebody. I, I talked to a fellow yesterday for about an hour and a half right here at the office. And I'll be honest with you, I could tell by his eyes before we ever even began that the best thing that I could do with this conversation was maybe leave it so that he had won another conversation because, boy, it was rock solid in his eyes. He came staunch, there, set, unmovable. And I just kept praying the whole time I'm talking to him that, Holy Spirit, I pray that you keep the door open in his heart, that I don't say anything that closes the door in his heart because he is not there yet. He's not ready yet. And, you know, it's just the fruit's not there yet. But we've got to make sure that we, we just get rid of the bitterness, envying your strife in our hearts. And you, only you, you know if it's there right now. You know if it's inside of you right now. Don't walk out and try to hide it. Don't try to walk out and try to bury it. Because so long as it's allowed to remain, it's devilish. And every evil work is going to come out of it. So we go to number four. We give place to Satan when we, uh, and I won't spend much time on here, but I'm just going to you know, read it so we can give. We give place to Satan when we defraud our mate from physical attention. And, uh, and because of our, you know, the crowd here, but 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, defraud you not one and one the other except to be with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again. Look what it says, that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. So it's a very important thing. It's not something to be taken lightly uh, to be away from each other. And so number five, we give place to Satan when we allow greed and lies to enter our lives. Boy, this is a, a society, even in Christianity, it's, it's all about what can I get and how can I get it. And we are, in, it's called consequentialism. We are a nation of the end justifies the means. In our churches, the end justifies the means. To be honest with you, uh, this, this fellow, I will not do anything to get a crowd. I'm not going to. And if, you, if that's what we're looking for, there's all kinds of places they will do whatever it takes to get a crowd. And it's okay. It's, everything is justified, not by the Bible, the, everything's justified by the results. Well, I'm sorry, that's, that's not God's way. I'm supposed to live righteously and lead righteously and do righteously, and God takes care of the increase. And so, but we got to... Greed and lies lend to our lives. And, and folks, and, I, and I'll express this too, it's very important. My dad always said, you know, the, the only, you know, when a person says they've never lied, they just told their first one. 
Okay, so there's nobody in here. We're exempt from it. But can I tell you, it's something we need to really work on to make sure that as much as in us is to tell actual, factual truth rather than manipulation and hedging and sliding of the truth. Just tell the truth. And so, and here's what it says. It says, Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, but a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, you know the story, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife, also being privy to it, brought a certain part and laid it at the, the apostles' feet. But Peter said to Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? Uh, we just, whenever we're going to go down that, that direction of greed, greed always is, again, it's tied up with lies. When your heart is full of greed, you, again, will say and do whatever. Uh, you know, hopefully you don't have any car salesmen in here, all right? Uh, but, but I've never been to a used car lot where they told me that it wasn't a good car. Matter of fact, it's amazing how that they, you know, there's 40 cars on the lot and they drove every one of them home last night and it ran great. Uh, now, forgive me if you were a used car salesman. Now, you know, I think you were one of the, the, the one honest one. And so, uh, uh, now the truth is, the way our society is, we don't think it's a lie. We don't think it's a manipulation. Uh, and, and that's just a, probably a bad illustration. But anyway, the fact is, is that we need to make sure that we don't open ourselves up to Satan by our greed in our lives. Number six, and I'm trying to go as fast as I can. We're going to have some prayer time. We give place to Satan when we allow pride to have place in our hearts. And folks, again, the reason I'm doing this, anybody feel like you've been exempt from all of these so far? Pride? Oh, my goodness. Anybody had a conflict or even sort of argument or disagreement with anyone in the last month. Mm -mm. Okay, let's, let's take a look at here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, Lest I should be exalted above measure, though the abundance of the revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. But look at this verse. Only by pride cometh contention. Only by pride cometh contention. The moment we had conflict with anybody is our pride. And pride, the devil, that's his primary tool to enter in. Pride is like a, a, just a door thrown open. I, um, I'm not going to go into the detail, but, but, but Monday night, I, you know, I was just, I told my wife, I said, I'm just really not feeling good. I had to go do something, and I was out there, and somebody said something to me, and I'll be honest with you, it was, he just barked out orders to me, and it, and I turned to look at him, and very calmly said, sir, I take care of my business. You don't tell me what to do, so it'd be best for you to shut up now. That's not a way to win people. You say, how'd you feel after that? All night long, couldn't sleep. You say, that's really pretty minor. And pretty for me, from where I came from, it's very minor. 
I was with my brother, and I, and I told him, I said, you know, I hate what I just said and what I just did. I hate it. I said, but man, you know me, 35 years ago, I wouldn't have said anything to him. I just whooped his head. That's what would have happened. I'd just been all on top of him, you know, and then I thought about saying something later. I've come a long ways, folks. Ah, but you know what happened? The old devil's in there. I had to walk last, uh, the last three nights just saying, Lord, you've beaten me up. But I got authority over him through you. So I'm resisting him now. He's got to flee. Gotta leave me alone. I'm gonna tell you, I walked back home in the rain last night, and I felt more refreshed and better last night. It took me about three days. That's a lousy thing, isn't it? Take you three days to get cleaned up. Because of pride. All right. Number Roman numeral seven, right? Okay. We give place to Satan when we allow our wives to move out from underneath. Ooh. I was going to skip this one. I didn't. I went from to move out from underneath the protection of our homes and the call to rear our children. Okay. <laughs> First Timothy chapter five, verse fourteen and fifteen. I will therefore that the young women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion. Look at this. Look at this. Guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully, for some are already turned aside after Satan. <laughs> I didn't mess up my hair, did I? Um, <sighs> folks, I'm gonna just tell you, I know we're in a crazy society, and I know that many times it's single parent and there's no choice. I know there's decisions of the past, even when there's both parents, where we decided and we based our bills on two incomes, and no matter how bad we want to change it, we're, we're covered up until we can get out of that. Can I just tell you the best thing to do? is when you have two incomes, only base your expenses off the one. You say, what do we do with the rest of the money? Anything you want to. But if you base from the get-go your expenses off the one, then any time you can say, she doesn't have to do that anymore. Joe Beth is, you know, she didn't until probably, you know, our girls were pretty much all teenagers, but she taught part-time, uh, really just a couple classes a night. I would come home and be with the kids. She would go teach evening college classes. The money that she got from that, we set up an account for her. I never, I never saw it, never used it, wouldn't use it. And it's not like I made money. I mean, I'm, we're talking when I was making $15,000, $17,000 a year, I still would not use her money. When 
She right now, she goes and speaks. They give her money. It goes into her account. What she do with it? Right now, decorate a house. That's what she does. I don't, I, I can't base anything that I do off of her income. You say, well, that's crazy. Your kids are grown right now. And I understand that. But my grandkids aren't. And when Ashley gets ready to have that baby, you know what I got to be able to do? I got to be able to look. Not, I say me. This is what I got to be able to do. I got to be able to look at Joe Beth and say, take off. Go be what God created you to be to your children. I understand there's all kinds of ramifications. I understand there's all kinds of issues. There are all kinds of things. I'm just telling you the best would wouldn't it be wonderful if we could get to a world where it actually was just like God intended it to be? And what God intended was for the Father to go out and work by the sweat of his brow and work hard. And for Mama to take care of the home. The younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, and give none occasion to the adversary. Who's our greatest adversary? To speak reproachfully, for some are already turned aside after Satan. This all began basically World War II. We won a war and lost our families because they had to go to the factories and they never came home. It was a very slow process, but it was a process that was, it was begun then. And, and so there's so much that I could talk about there, but, but I only can make so many enemies at one time. So, uh, and please understand, I don't condemn anybody for any decision you make. I'm just telling you, God's way is always the best way. That doesn't mean there's, that other ways can't work for God, with God. I mean, they it can work. But God's way is the best way. So, all right. Uh, I just did something crazy, and I just told it to end the show. So, I don't even know how I did that or what just happened. Somebody, help! That's what it says up there. Uh, I have absolutely no idea what I just did. Hmm. I really don't want to end the show, but, you know, I didn't know it was a show, so. But I just did. Let's see here. Okay. Number eight, and my time's up. I, I got to stop. We give place to Satan when we reject God's ways and want our ways. Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, but, the, but he turned. I'm not sure what happened to Ann there, but and said <laughs> unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Like a, when you want your ways and not God's ways, God says Satan's involved in that. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. When we want our way instead of God's ways. So again, God's way is always best. And then uh, number nine, we give place to Satan when we willfully isolate ourselves from God and from his people. 
Uh, we get frustrated, we get upset, we get mad about, you know, somebody teaching on point number seven. We, you know, we, we don't come to church and we just, you know, I'm not going there or you're down or you're depressed and we isolate ourselves. Uh, that's a dangerous place to be. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Here, the, in the faith, in the, the group of faith, the people of faith. And so, again, I don't have much time to do that, and I'm just going to try to get to number 10, and my clicker's not working really good. We have place to Satan when we rebel against authority. And uh, this is very important. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And James chapter 4, verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We, we must stop resisting against authority because to resist against authority is to resist against God. Resisting against God is open ourselves up to the devil. So that's uh, the 10 points. Went through them really quickly. We will take just uh, uh, whatever time. If you have to leave, I understand that, but we're just going to have some prayer time right now as we normally do. And, 